0: This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message, all right. So, a few things we will get to the impeachment stuff. Don't worry, it's coming. I got some other things to talk about first. Uh, I know that there is this notion that that is the only thing that has happened today, it is not the only thing that has happened today. Uh, but anyway, what do we have here? Um, first of all, I want to thank our sponsor, RB Car Company. Again, uh, if you go to rbcarcompany.com, you can check out all of their great cars, trucks, SUVs, crossovers. And everything, it is phenomenal um, to go ahead and see the deals that they have there. Uh, if uh, you want to watch the live stream, go to youtube.com slash host or twitch.tv slash host. And you can also follow me on Twitter at RealKCH or Casey the Host on Facebook. All right, so let's take a look at what we have here. Um, Judicial Watch has received 127 pages of records, okay? So, 127 pages of records. Now, this is from the South Bend Police Department, though. That's what is so interesting about this. So, it's from the South Bend Police Department. And, hold on, I'm just checking my audio here real quick. Uh, There we go. That should work. All right. So, 127 pages. This is all with the South Bend Police Department. It shows that the department offered diversity training in 2017, which includes a cultural competence rating for personnel cultural competence rating for personnel okay this is interesting just follow me down the rabbit hole here okay the training material also names various classes of prejudice including languageism and sizeism so languageism and sizeism <laughs> Uh, The mayor of South Bend at the time was, of course, Pete Buttigieg, uh, who you may have heard is running for president. Uh, South Bend Police Department training material claims that all personnel uh, have a measurable cumulative perceptual index, or a CPI rating, which measures their cultural competence. This sounds an awful lot like, and I know that I might be overstepping here, and I'm sure that I'll get some people from the department that contact me and and you know kind of try and set me straight on this. But um it it sounds an awful lot like China's social score. I mean, obviously it's not the exact same thing. It's just eh. <laughs> the CPI theory posits that our behaviors and biases today may well be rooted in our individual measurable CPI rating, according to the training material. Its base assertion is is that we all have been exposed to bigotry and biases at various stages of our lives. What and with what level of intensity those exposures took place is an important variable in our past, current, and future interpersonal interactions. One thing that the CPI theory holds uh, certain is that none of us were born with prejudices and biases. It also posits that all of us have had some prejudice or bias get dispelled in some way over time, and it is that factor that can facilitate measurable adjustments in our CPI ratings. I thought it was considered racist now to say that everybody um, has some some uh, bigotry in them, because I thought that only one group of people now can have that. Uh, in the South Bend Police Department anti-discrimination police training materials, one slide under the title The Future of Policing notes that Black lives do indeed matter, duh, uh, but no more and certainly no less than the lives of every community within law enforcement's jurisdiction. Also true. Okay, the perceptual proof of that belief is unquestionably not universally present today because such a vision is not yet universally shared by law enforcement. Wow. That's an interesting theory the perceptual proof of that meaning that everybody's lives are equal the perceptual proof of that belief is unquestionably not universally present today because such a vision is not yet universally shared by law enforcement so am i to understand the way that judicial watches frame this am i to understand that they they believe black lives matter but no more or less than anybody else's lives but that they're saying police departments, law enforcement doesn't universally share that view. That sounds, well, it sounds a lot like Pete Buttigieg giving a speech somewhere about the SBPD. Um, the SBPD's diversity workshops, cre- workshop creators have deemed the term deaf and dumb to be offensive. Uh, what? What? implying that if an individual lacks the sense of hearing, they are therefore intellectually deficient. That's not even what it implies, okay? When you say somebody is is deaf and dumb, you're not implying that their inability to be able to hear um, makes them intellectually deficient. No, you're not listening to me. That's what it means now, okay? Maybe at some point in time, decades ago, it meant something else, but... No, that's not what it means to the vast majority of people who use the term deaf and dumb. This definition completely ignores the historical meaning of the word dumb in this context, which is mute or unable to speak. Another supposedly inappropriate and offensive uh, term is hearing impaired. Hearing impaired is now offensive? We can't say that? So we went from you can't say deaf, now you can't say hearing impaired. It apparently implies that their hearing is broken and needs to be fixed. No, it, it implies that it's impaired, as in it's, it's not up to standard levels for whatever reason. That might be an injury, genetics, what have you. Uh, the term racism slash colorism is, per their definition, an attitude, action, or practice emphatically backed by institutional power. What? I just, uh, when when you see poppycock, you know poppycock. And that's what we're dealing with. This is gobbledygook, poppycock, whatever you want to say. I mean, this is just, this is asinine is what this is. Uh, Judicial Watch obtained the records as a response, in response to a June 27, 2019 Access to Public Records Act request they were seeking complaints against the SBPD related to bias of any kind uh, from 2015 to current. And they were also seeking the SBPD policy documents relating to discrimination on any basis. And these documents show how, S, uh, how South Bend police under Mayor Buttigieg had to contend with politicizing training that had nothing to do with the public safety, according to Tom Fitton, who's the president of Judicial Watch. <clears throat> These are just people who want to make the streets safer. They just want to go to work. They want to help their fellow citizen. They want to make the community better. They want to make a living doing it. They don't want to get rich doing it. Otherwise, they wouldn't go into law enforcement, especially in, in South Bend. Actually, in Michigan in general, law enforcement doesn't get paid too much. So, you go there, and you're just beat over the head with, look, uh, you're a cop, and therefore, institutionally, you're racist. And law enforcement just doesn't believe that black lives are equal to everybody else. Now, of course, if you go out there and you espouse that you believe that black lives are equal to everybody else, you will also be called a racist because you're not allowed to say that all lives matter. Because all lives matter is really racist against black people. I, this, this is the type of crap that came out of Mayor Pete's administration. And you wonder why the city of South Bend has struggled in certain, certain areas over the past several years. And I know that we talked about the numbers-based policing and all of that other stuff, which you know can have a place if done appropriately, but we've gotten away from this community-based policing. And part of the reason that you could argue that we've gotten away from this community-based policing is because it seems to be that the police department was directed to be separate from the community. You're not really a part of the community. In fact, you're all kind of, you know, biased and bigoted, and you all have this bigotry that's ingrained in you. And you weren't born with it. You learned it somewhere, but all of you learned it, at least a little bit. And, and you, you've got to deal with it. So we've got this whole CPI score that we're going to go ahead and, and give you, and this will judge whether or not you are uh, bigoted in certain areas and to what degree. Just let them catch bad guys. How about that? When they step out of line, you take the appropriate action, because it does happen. But other than that, give them the tools they they need to constitutionally and legally be able to perform the duties that they have been tasked with doing on a volunteer basis. Keep in mind, they, they chose to be law enforcement for a reason, and this type of nonsense doesn't do any good whatsoever, none, doesn't do any good, but this is the propaganda that the police force has been having to deal with over the past couple of years. We've got more coming up. News Talk ninety five three, Michiana's news channel. Thank hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk ninety five three, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Again, if you want to watch the live stream, we are up and running again this week. I know that it's been a couple of weeks since we did it. Uh, haven't live streamed since before my vacation, before Christmas, uh, but it is back. If you want to watch the live stream, go to youtube.com/slash Casey the host. Please subscribe to the channel. Give me a thumbs up on the channel as well. That helps with the YouTube algorithm. And if you are on Twitch, which uh, you should be because Twitch is awesome anyway, go to twitch.tv/slash Casey the host. If you're on both, just uh, just subscribe to both channels. That would be great. All right. I got to tell you about Impress Jewelry Creations. So I was in Impress Jewelry Creations the other day. I was talking with Bill, and uh, he was showing me some amazing pieces that he has. And, um, you know, they're they're really working to improve some of the artisan, one-of-a-kind stuff for men. Uh, They've got, obviously, all of this amazing stuff that they're doing for everybody, but he's got this men's collection. I've told you about the knives and the pens and the... Uh, the money clips and things like that in the past. And he continues to get new versions of those. In fact, there's uh, really good rasp knives that are in there. And if you're not familiar with rasp knives, they uh, they look phenomenal. So definitely go check those out at Impress Jewelry Creations. But he's doing a lot of belts. And these are custom belts. Uh, So you get these exotic high-end leathers, you know, shark, snake, um, various things, uh, crocodile, alligator, all of those things. And they have, you know, these these silver buckles. And then what they're doing is they're they're buying the belt and then they are getting custom engraving done on the buckle. So it's a really amazing gift. And these are belts that are gonna last you 20 years, you know, they maybe even more, not the throwaway belts that most of us use. So just a phenomenal gift idea if you're trying to find something for the guy out there and you know what? We need belts and a lot of guys don't like bling, you know, they don't wear the necklaces or the bracelets and some people don't even wear the watches and things like that anymore. But everybody has a you know, has a belt. And most guys like having a nice belt. They don't like a junky belt. So this gives you an you know, an option to get a really high-end belt that is gonna last, is gonna be stylish with everything, and then also get it personalized and customized so it's a one-of-a-kind belt that nobody else has without being too big, too flashy. So it's just enough, just enough flair to let people know that uh, that you've got something nice on you without being obnoxious about it, right? And here's the thing, you know, if you want to talk to Impress Jewelry Creations about, you know, creating a one-of-a-kind, unique piece just for you that tells your unique story, or uh, if you want to go ahead and find some of the pieces that they've already made or some of the amazing manufacturers that they do carry. But again, the IJC line is a phenomenal line, one-of-a-kind custom pieces that you can't get anywhere else. And you know, part of that ability comes from having four goldsmiths right there in the shop. You know, Most jewelry stores would kill to be able to have a goldsmith, one. Impress has four on staff. They've got over 100 years of experience. So all of that stuff is done right there. They don't need to take your family heirlooms if you're going to get them modified or upgraded. They don't need to ship them out to third parties. They can handle all of that work in-house. And it's just phenomenal. You know, I was also talking with Bill about there's a lot of guys that are doing upgrades to their wedding bands. And it's something that I've considered as well. And, you know, it's, it, styles change, tastes change. And, and, you know, you don't have to be stuck with a wedding band that you find less than amazing. All right. It, but it means a lot to you. So what they can do is they can actually melt down your wedding band. And they can make an inlay that touches your skin on a new band. So your old wedding band is still there, is closest to your skin, to your body, touches your body all the time, while on the outside you have the new upgraded design. It's a phenomenal compromise for for those who want to upgrade uh, their wedding band, but maybe they don't want to go ahead and get rid of it altogether because of the sentimental value. It's, it's phenomenal. They do that in, in a whole host of other things. Go to ImpressJewelers.com. Learn more about Bill Martin and the crew over there at Impress Jewelry Creations. And then, of course, visit them. They're in University Plaza right next to Temper Grill and C. Kramer Interiors. And when you go to Impress Jewelry Creations, make sure you let them know that I sent you. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. New announcement today, just a couple of hours ago. Common Council member Jake Teshka has announced that he's going to run for Indiana House of Representatives. Now, he just won re-election in the Common Council. He's the only Republican on the Common Council. He just won that re-election. Current South Bend Common Council member Jake Teshka announced that he is running to represent District 7 for the Indiana House of Representatives. Residents of the House District 7 need an effective state representative who can work across the aisle and fight for their needs, Teshka said in a news release. My experience on city council has taught me that we need leaders who listen before they speak. And I will do just that. Uh, Currently Ross deal, who's a Democrat is in that district. Teshka is a lifelong resident of St. Joseph County, graduating from St. Joseph high school, then earning a degree at St. Joseph's college uh, before obtaining his master's in public administration degree from Indiana university, South Bend. Um, So this is, again, he just won reelection for the South Bend common council. Um, uh, I've reached out to Jake, and I know Jake, and I've known him for a while. He actually worked here for a short period of time. Um, so there's some questions that I have about what happens, You know, should he have to resign his position on the Common council and things like that. I'm not entirely familiar about how all that works out. and And I also wanted to ask him if that would if his timing would benefit that seat in retaining the only Republican on the council uh, as opposed to just choosing not to run for reelection this time around. And, of course, you're you're going to have some people in his district that are going to be pretty upset. You know, he wins that re-election, and right after he wins re-election, boom, he announces that he's running for another office. And so I'm sure that there's going to be several people who are a bit uneasy about that, probably a little upset. Um, if I hear from Jake, we'll be able to go ahead and ask him about those particular things and and maybe get some answers to that. But there there could be an overall strategy here. Uh, to try and help. Now, with that said, I, I mean, I think that he would probably be a decent representative uh, in the Indiana legislature. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just that obviously there's going to be people in his district that are going to have some serious questions about the timing of all of this. But um, it is still, you know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can understand why people are upset about it. There might be a strategy behind it. Again, being the only Republican on the council winning that re-election here recently and then just like that kind of um, kind of jump and ship is going to rub some people the wrong way. But strategy-wise, it might actually be a benefit to the Republican Party in that district. Uh, We'll have to ultimately see what ends up happening with this. But as far as Jake Teshka, if you were to win uh, in the Indiana legislature, I think it'd be a fine representative. It's just a matter of uh, what will happen on the Common Council should Jake Teshka um, be, be able to win that race and then have to resign from the Common Council. That's where the interesting questions lie. And to be perfectly honest with you, anytime you're a Republican in South Bend at all, uh, the the likelihood of longevity in any public office is not exactly uh, confidence-inspiring. So there's always that. And if this is going to be his career path, then he's got to make the best decisions for his career. But I uh, did reach out to him. I did not expect to hear from him before the show today. So uh, if I do hear from him, I will go ahead and do my best to get him on and talk about it. And uh, have a sit down and and a chat because I think it's uh, quite an interesting development here locally for for politics, which could have, you know, state impact as well. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595953. Again, we are live streaming on YouTube and Twitch at Casey the host on both platforms. So youtube.com slash Casey the host or twitch.tv slash casey the host. You can also follow me on my new verified Twitter. I'm trying to get to a thousand followers by the end of the month. I'm a li- little over halfway there, um, and I know that most of you are not Twitter people, so I, I realize that Twitter grows slowly for uh, for my particular uh, audience, and that's cool. But if you happen to be on Twitter, you can follow me at realkch, and then of course Facebook is my biggest social network, and that's at Casey the host. All right, five seven 5742595953. five ninety five three. If you don't remember where to follow me on social media, just go to my website, theburningtruth.us. You can find all of my sponsors there, and you can also track me down on my social media on my website too. I make it real easy for everybody there. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsor, RMB Car Company. Again, RMB Car Company's got tons of great cars, trucks, SUVs, minivans, crossovers—you name it—and again, those are available. You can check out the inventory online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. Uh, What else do we have here? I want to play some audio here. Can you cue up my audio? This came up yesterday. Somebody had said, hey, Casey, did you hear about the effort to go ahead and allow illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses in Indiana? I said yesterday that I hadn't seen the legislation. I looked on the website. It wasn't there. It's there today. So it probably just hadn't been been uploaded to the uh, legislative website, but it is there today. This is Fox 59 with the story about Indiana lawmakers proposing once again, and it happens every legislative session, once again to allow illegal immigrants to get a driver's license in the state of Indiana. Documented immigrants in Indiana to drive legally. It's an idea that's been introduced several times before, but the bill never got a hearing.
1: FOX 59's Kelly Rinke live in the newsroom tonight to show us why some lawmakers are trying again this year. Kelly? Yeah, Dan and Beershell, the Indiana House Democratic Caucus, says the bill has been introduced seven times and they're not sure if they will get a hearing this session, yet some representatives believe it's an important issue to take on. It's believed more than 100,000 undocumented immigrants drive on Indiana roads without a license now state lawmakers want to give them that privilege so they can drive illegally this has been proven to be good for the economy it makes our roads safer state representative chris campbell advocated for her bill at the state house it would provide driving cards and learners permits to undocumented immigrants in our state While well, this brought, bill was brought to me by community members um, as a uh, legislator, it's up to me to to represent my community. According to her bill, they would be required to pass a written test and driving test. It would also allow them to get car insurance. The driving cards would not allow an undocumented immigrant to vote. We very much do not see this as a legal issue. We see this as a human rights issue. We see this as a human dignity issue. Marion is County Prosecutor numbers. Ryan Meir stood next to more than a dozen people today, showing their support for this legislation, including a resident with undocumented. Documented parents driving in the shadows means driving with the fear of getting deported just simply because you got pulled over by a police officer for a simple traffic stop Advocates say families should be able to go to work or buy groceries without fear of deportation. This bill has not received much support in the past, yet Representative Campbell hopes more lawmakers will be open to the idea this time. We represent everybody in the state, so this is an issue that affects everybody, whether you're a citizen or not. Now, the bill was referred to the House Roads and Transportation Committee, but it does have some opposition. Former Republican state senator Mike Delft told us, quote, driving is a privilege, not a right. When we try to extend privileges to those out of compliance with the law, we lower our historical standard. Follow the law and you can obtain a driver's license, end quote.
0: Guys, back to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say it much better than what he just he just said. Um, We see this as a human rights issue. Okay shut up <laughs> it's not a human rights issue it's not a human right to be able to drive for, for somebody to say something like that I, I mean it's just so fundamentally wrong and it's not my opinion it just is it's not a human rights issue. you don't have a right to drive. it is a privilege uh, this is you know we talk about this with uh, with flying and that sort of stuff it's a privilege okay it's not a right so no it's not a human right to be able to drive and I. I when you hear people who... Look, my parents are uh, illegal aliens, right? And you know what? They, they, they shouldn't have to fear getting deported simply because they get pulled over for a traffic violation. Well, one, they're not being deported for the traffic violation. They're being deported because they are living in this country illegally because they have violated the sovereignty laws of the United States of America. That is why they are getting deported. Um, can you imagine... Any other criminal making a statement like that? You know, I'm wanted for robbing a bank, and I shouldn't have to drive afraid that I'm going to go to prison for robbing the bank simply because I get pulled over for a simple traffic violation. Could you imagine that argument being made about anything else? But they make it here. And then people saying that they should be able to go to the grocery store or to work without fear of being deported. You're not allowed to work. Not legally. So, no, you shouldn't be going to work, okay? Um, and if you are working, whomever you work for is breaking the law. And they should probably face punishment for that as well. But this is... I, there is... They're pushing some research out there now that says, oh, well, if you give them driver's licenses, then our roads are safer. You heard that little argument on there. But tens of thousands of Americans are impacted by illegal aliens driving and causing accidents every single day. Well, every single year, I should say. Um, That's a reality that has been ignored for a very long time. Now, this notion that issuing these licenses is somehow going to fix that, the jury is still out on that, okay? Uh, But the idea that it's going to make the roads safer, there's no data that shows that conclusively, none. And there's some data that would argue against that. But at the end of the day, you know, like the former representative said, if we're at a a point where we're going to sit here and lower our standards, especially when we're lowering our standards only for a certain population, okay, so only some people get that lowered standards. The rest of us still have to adhere to the higher standards. But for some of us, we're going to lower those standards and and make it a little bit easier for them because, you know, it's, it's not fair or what have you. It demeans the entire thing. Either we are a nation of laws or we are not, and we have to pick one because if we're not a nation of laws, well, you better stop telling me to do certain things then. If we are a nation of laws, then we better start enforcing those laws universally because that's what this country is supposed to be about, but we're not doing any of that. So again, it's not at a committee. Again, uh, we'll have to see exactly what happens. It is uh, authored by Representative Chris Campbell. She's a noob, and then it's co-authored by Representative Earl Harris, Who are on there as well? Driving Cards provides the issuance of driving cards and driving card learners' permits to residents of Indiana who cannot provide proof of identity and lawful status in the United States. Provides that cards may not be used for federal identification or any other federal purpose. Requires that an individual who holds a card and operates a motor vehicle must verify that financial responsibility. On any motor vehicle that the holder operates is continuously maintained in the amounts required by law, makes conforming amendments, makes technical corrections, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to have insurance and all of that. Um, it, It doesn't even require that they have additional insurance because, remember, they're a flight risk now, too. That's something else that has to be factored in here. Illegal immigrants are flight risks. They can disappear into other countries and not have to pay for the damage that they cause in an accident. So maybe they should be required to have additional protections on them uh, that other people do not uh, have to have. Anyway, 574 95, 95 3. That is 2595953. 5, Got more coming up. ninety 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. <laughs> Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574 2595 953. That is 2595 953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. Uh, Powell Stirna, in October of last year, issued a brief on illegal alien driver's licenses in the United States. And they did this for Fair U.S., which, of course, um, I was in D.C. for the annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Festival. I will be back um, next year as well. So he starts off, and they use um, use sources from the National Council of State Legislatures, but they start off by saying that the proponents of granting driving privileges to illegal aliens claim that it will increase road safety. Like I said, the research on that is tenuous. Uh, Reduce hit and runs, build trust between police and foreign-born populations, and boost revenues. Uh, They also talked about it being economically great. In reality, the policy rewards illegal migrants for breaking the law by enabling them to remain unlawfully present in the country. And again, that's, that's kind of the point. If you make it easy for them to continue to break the law, then you increase the likelihood of their continuation of that behavior. And you can argue any way that you want about it, but that is, again, that's the reality. Driving is a privilege, okay? There's a couple of things that you just you have to factor in here. Driving is a privilege, and these are people who are in the country illegally and are in constant law-breaking status. I mean, they're perpetually breaking the law. They're on the run from law enforcement. They are hiding from law enforcement. Um, and even in, in the sanctuary jurisdictions like Cook County, where they released over 1,000, 1,070 criminal illegal aliens in 2019 alone. Arguments in favor of licenses for illegals, flawed and beside the point. The proponents of the misguided policy frequently dismiss such criticism by claiming that granting licenses to illegals improves road safety, primarily because the foreign nationals are required to pass a driving test before receiving driving privileges. And we all know that as long as you pass a driving test, you're a safe driver. Right, Joe? Nobody who has a driver's license is a terrible driver. They also argue that the policy is good for the economy, and the implication being that it will help them get to work, which, of course, they're not allowed to work. So, (laughs) that's an interesting argument. However, the ability to successfully pass a driving test does not necessarily translate into safe driving. Uh, What is more, there are good reasons to doubt that individuals who violated our immigration laws to enter the U.S. will suddenly transform into law-abiding drivers if given state licenses. Now, there's also some suggestions out there, and you you can, again, think about this however you want, but... There are illegal immigrants, for fear of being caught driving with a moving violation, choose not to drive. For this very same reasons that the young lady who said her parents are illegal aliens and they, they if they drive, they are constantly afraid, which I guess she's admitting that they drive illegally, they're constantly afraid of being deported if they get stopped for a moving violation. Okay. You're not being deported for the moving violation, you're being deported for the much bigger crime. But beyond that, there's a lot of illegal immigrants who choose not to drive because of that reality. And so they choose to take public transportation, which is much safer. Okay, If you give driver's licenses to illegal immigrants, the likelihood of illegal immigrants driving is going to increase. All right? At least that's one theory. And therefore, you're going to have more people on the roads... Who do not come from the United States, do not speak the language, um, and may not be proficient in driving. Now, of course, they say, well, the driving test. Yeah, okay, we know how that works with with Americans who pass the driving test. Um, but, like I said, it's a privilege. It's not a right. And for any state legislature or anybody to stand up and go, this is a human rights issue. No, it's not. It's not a human rights issue. Just stop pretending that it is. Um, and it's not going to be good for the economy, for people who are already breaking the laws and and a drain on the economy anyway so it doesn't make any sense but in fact you could argue that it would hurt public transportation and all of the environmentalists should probably be angry about it so we'll keep an eye on it although it's failed for seven times in a row it'll probably failed this time but you never know got more coming up